All right. Uh, there's some very, very serious stuff uh, happening. And, of course, everybody has heard at this point in time regarding those two missiles uh, that went into Poland, killed two people. And you have an Article 4 now that's uh, been invoked. We'll get into that in a second. The Global Threat Report. Uh, 100% military veteran-owned security investigations firm with its headquarters are right here in Suffolk County, folks. Also offices in uh, the city, Miami, L.A., Frankfurt, and Mumbai. Uh, CEO Kim Bombay's 21 years of law enforcement intelligence experience. uh, Served as military intelligence officer in the Middle East. You can check it on on the website, Global Threat Solutions. Uh, dot com uh, global threat solutions uh, today for peace of mind and uncertain times six four six nine four six sixty six forty nine good to have him back cap how are you serious stuff yesterday Good morning jay thanks for having me on and yeah the very serious and, and something we've discussed since the very beginning of this that what if um there is there is a, a missile that goes astray or intentionally hits in uh, a nato country and that was the big question we had in the beginning of this, because when everybody wanted to know what is America, what are our allies in NATO going to do when Russia moved in, the question, the, the response was, well, this is Ukraine's not a NATO member. So here's how we're going to support them. So what happens when a NATO member does get hit by, say, Russia, by missiles, which I think at this point that has definitely not been confirmed. In fact, quite the opposite. But it, it, if nothing else, this raises a very important question. What if this does happen? Are we actually ready to respond to that or or not? I think right now what we're seeing, Jay, both the Polish president and President Biden are saying they, they do not early investigation, say they do not think this was fired by Russia. In fact, they, they believe it was a, uh, an air defense missile fired by Ukraine, possibly an S-300, which is Russian made, but fired by Ukraine. That's what they're leading towards now. So uh, I think we'll learn a lot today. We should learn more. And But again, that question needs to be asked. What's going to happen if this does take place? You know, Putin's desperate. And could it even be a false flag operation where he does fire a missile and then says, oh, that wasn't us just trying to get someone to respond and escalate this? That's the big question right now. And that's why, you know, you heard from uh, Biden over in Indonesia uh, the other day, stating, you know, he and he gave you a little something there that he did not think that this was, uh, you know, as far as the facilitator of it all in Russia. He didn't think it was, you know, at least he at some of the information he got. Um, but, uh, you know, it could have been a stray fired by Ukraine's forces and not a Russian strike without question. So, you know, there's going to be an emergency meeting in Brussels today. You got an Article 4, which is about consultations, right, Cap? Um, and that's, uh, you know, where they're going to talk. They're going to talk as far as, you know, next moves type of thing and hopefully decipher and get a final, some finality as far as the origin, you know? Right. So, you know, Article 5 obviously states that if one NATO member is attacked, they're all attacked and they're all going to respond as one, one entity, allies. And, but before that Article 5 is enacted, they have Article 4. And that's often looked at as like a starting point. They have to have consultation and decide the way forward. So that's where we're at right now. And I think people need to realize that this was two people were killed um, by, by these missiles. And although that's tragic, it's a relatively small incident in this conflict. 
we have to we have to understand that even if it were a larger uh, strike and say it, it, the early thoughts that it might be intentional, it is not going to be an immediate military response where they they start up the war plane. It's going to Article Four will be activated like we see right now. All the NATO members are going to meet and discuss a way forward and how they want to respond to this. It's not, you know, anything short of possibly a nuclear strike. It's not going to be an instant response. It's going to be an investigation, and there's going to be consultation according to Article 4, and then they'll decide if they're going to respond. And that's what it's all about. And uh, that's why they're going to meet in Brussels. And, uh, you know, the beat goes on, I'll tell you. Uh, that was an eye-opener as we, believe it or not, we're going on nine months, nine months as far. And, you know, it's what they're trying to, what they're doing is they're knocking out some of the energy supplies that Ukraine kind of uh, goes on. Uh, and we have seen this type of attack before. And listen, Putin's relentless. We, we know that. But, you know, you give cr- credit to Ukraine and the forces and Zelensky. They are standing strong. We say it all the time. It's almost of the point of redundancy, but that's what it's about right now. Um, but that's the plan here from Putin. He doesn't care who's in the way. Innocent people, children, whatnot. He's, he's fired missiles into maternity wards, uh, in nuclear plants right near. I tell you, um, tough times when this thing broke the other day. Yeah, there's there's basically, you know, no rules right now for Vladimir Putin, and it shows that they're desperate. But these, as as uh, uh, what's indicative from what happened yesterday, they're suggesting possibly this Ukrainian air defense missile to shoot down Russian missiles. That's what, it might be fragments or, or missiles fired from Ukraine that hit Poland. And their air defense system has been very effective, but Vladimir Putin's launching so many missile strikes. Yesterday was, I think, the largest in the conflict, you know, in one day. And although they've knocked out so many of them, some get through, and they're devastating, and they're all targeting their energy sources. And I think as we get deeper into winter, Jay, that's going to become more and more dangerous. And also, this is a uh, and part of a big part of Vladimir Putin's strategy is energy. He's controlling the largest nuclear power plant in Europe, which has been dangerously offline for extended periods. Um, and also, he's targeting their infrastructure, energy infrastructure. That's a big part of his strategy. I think everybody sees that. And everyone needs to be, like you said, continuing full force to support Ukraine because there's no other option right now. They're the ones fighting this, really, on behalf of all of us. But also, we need to be shifting away from this depend we still have dependence on on russian oil even now as this conflict's going on it's tragic but there needs to be drastic measures put in place to shift from that and weaken his grasp on europe to with us global threat report let's shift a little bit to china um where the president in the g20 met with uh Xi, g uh Jinping, we should say um and basically, you know, you wonder if they accomplish some things. You know, I don't want to hear about climate change, $20 billion to Indonesia at this point. Uh, I want some, uh, some answers. You know, I mean, I, I cannot believe, according to the readouts, the discussion of the virus, uh, for instance, was not put in play. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? I mean, how could that be? But you know what? It is typical administration to come forth before the cameras and tell us about climate change and the getting rid of coal in Indonesia. This is what we all want to know. This is what we all want to know. It really is. 
Unbelievable. Yeah, our priorities right now, Jay, specifically uh, regarding China, are completely um, not aligned. We have they're talk, they're worried about climate change. Meanwhile, it's estimated China is building one coal-fired power plant every week right now. You know, they are not concerned about the environment right now. They're concerned about dominance. They're concerned about defeating the United States, both economically and militarily. And they need to be they need to be handled accordingly. This this can't be this needs to be tough talks if our president's going to go over there. It can't just be you know we want increased cooperation. Of course that that would be ideal, but we have someone who essentially just appointed himself president for life. He has a very strong, robust strategy to defeat America. It's part of their national policy, and we need to recognize that they should be treated like an enemy for every minute of every day. And it's just simply not what we're doing. There's all sorts of um, you know, why did he, during this three-hour conversation, never even asked him about COVID and the origins of COVID and what happened, you know, which is probably negligent, I'd say. Um, I'm not sure that would go anywhere anyway, but we should not be treading lightly with China right now. We need to hold them accountable for all of the things that we've seen them do recently, threats against Taiwan. Their military has been, uh, is building at unprecedented levels. And ours is in historic lows right now as far as our ability to, you know, there's some studies out there. We're always supposed to be able to fight two major conflicts. There's a lot of um, uh, studies that have been conducted recently that say that we, they'd be surprised if we could fight one major conflict right now. You know, and it's amazing to me that in this uh, election, with all the priorities, Jay, and you and I have spoken about all of them, right? We're talking about crime, we're talking about the border, the economy, um, even abortion rights. All of these, no one was talking about China, a country whose sole mission is to defeat us and who's been more aggressive than they've been in decades. And Russia, with a, with a, a reckless president who's literally threatening us with nuclear weapons, didn't even make the list. These issues don't even make the list in American priorities right now. And, and uh, yes, I get it. The, the kitchen table issues are very important to people. They got to pay their bill, the mortgages. I don't think we, we could afford to be ignoring these issues right now. And we are. As a country, it's not even on the, the top five issues right now that, that we're discussing. Seriously, and even with what happened in Poland yesterday, is there any confidence in this administration, the likes of Blinken and Lloyd Austin? And my goodness, uh, it's unbelievable. Hey, last thing, I only got a couple of minutes, got to do a Facebook here, but uh, the blocking of Title 42, you know, that's the rule that has allowed U.S. authorities to expel more than a million migrants who crossed the border, U.S.-Mexico border. And you wonder now, I mean, it leaves the administration really without one of the key tools it put in place. Uh, to address the thousand migrants arriving at the border on a daily basis, could restore access to asylum uh, for arriving uh, immigrant arriving migrants. Uh, cap. It was drafted by uh, the Trump organiz- uh, administration. It was during the pandemic, but they really relied heavily on it to manage the increase of migrants at the border. Uh, I know they had requested a stay on the rulings for five weeks, but where do we go from here regarding forty two? Well. Listen, I think the border's a, a, a disaster. It's a crisis, and it, I think that most of America realizes that right now. It leaves us highly vulnerable right now. It's, at a minimum, chaotic and dangerous. And I think that, okay, if, if Title 42 was created because of um, the COVID 
pandemic, then someone needs to put up new legislation and say, listen, now we need to keep them on the other side while they seek asylum because we have a disaster, a national security issue at the border. Let's get some new legislation to replace it. If they're saying that that's not, um, that that's not able to be kept intact right now, let's get some new legislation. That's their job. Somebody needs to put that up and, and, put in new policies that say, yes, I, I don't even understand why we would let people in, into our country while they're seeking asylum. What is the problem with them being, being held there while we determine if they're going to be, be getting, given access to our country? So mm-hmm. and right now, I think it's not, we don't have many choices, Jay. We, this is a, a massive national security issue. The fentanyl, much of which comes from China, um, we have cartels are controlling major operational control of the border areas are, are the cartels, not the border patrol. And we have terrorists in unprecedented numbers crossing our border. This, this is a, a, a national security crisis. Someone needs to put up legislation to replace that and keep people on the other side of the border until we say they can come in. It's as simple as that. Yeah, that's really is. I mean, you know, think about the, you know, the gotaways, uh, about a million at this point in time. You know, it's unbelievable to hear uh, to hear Mayorkas yesterday in front of the panel. I mean, that you talk about the word impeachment. I mean, that's a guy who should be thrown out on his you-know-what. I mean, the lie, the lie, yeah. as he continues to do. I told you all the time, every time I go through a terminal, you know, the TSA, and to see this guy's mug up there on the screen, oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah. Wow. That's a prime example of what's wrong. Uh, always a pleasure, my friend. i got to get ready for this uh, Facebook. Uh, good stuff. We'll talk next week, and we'll continue. I know you will monitor what's going to happen in Brussels today. Excellent. I will, and I look forward to talking next, Jay. Thank you. The great Kimbon Base, Captain, and, of course, com.